This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers. And this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And today we're doing something that is completely different from a technological standpoint. We are recording in three different ways. We're recording through Skype, which is the way we normally record our shows. I am recording my end of the show, and Taylor is locally recording her end of the show. Because of all of the moving that's going on in Taylor's world right now, we're not certain what the quality of the Internet is going to be like all the time. So we're trying to come up with a way that we can continue to record if we don't have really good quality Internet. So I'm really curious to see how this all works out and what it sounds like. So I I want you guys to let us know if you hear anything different or if it sounds different, better or worse to you. So if you could let us know in the Taylor Stevens fan club group or send us an email or send up a smoke signal or whatever, that would be great. Or you could send it on Twitter, which brings <laughs> us around to our topic today, which is a, a Twitter conversation that Taylor saw. And so, Taylor, why don't you lead us into this discussion? Okay, so this today's show is going to be a little bit different. Um, it's going to be just a discussion about something that showed up. It, it went viral on Twitter and how it pertains to writing. And Steve knows more or less what we're talking about, but we haven't discussed it at all. And this is just going to be a conversation. And I'm fascinated by this. I think that you guys will probably be fascinated by it too. And hopefully it will actually help you as it's helping me in figuring out some of the struggles that I have with writing and how to um, make things easier, find solutions. <clears throat> so the subject has to do with a tweet that went out that more or less went, uh, do you have an internal monologue? And it's been a while since this happened, several weeks now. So I had to go actually look it up and I'm cribbing off of uh, like a, a news article or something that I found on the internet. So some of this is stolen. It's not all my words or anything like that. I just want to make that clear. But basically someone with a handle of Kyle Plant Emoji tweeted his thoughts about how people think, and this was on January 27th, and the tweet read, fun fact, some people have an internal narrative and some don't. As in, some people's thoughts are like sentences they hear, and some people just have abstract nonverbal thoughts and have to consciously verbalize them, and most people aren't aware of the other type of person. And that thing went everywhere in like this massive conversation for a few days, it was like, couldn't go anywhere without people talking about this. So there's a really good chance that a lot of you who are listening to this are already familiar with it. But it got me thinking about this idea of how our brains process um, information. And it came up at one of my recent events. And because we were people were asking me questions about the writing process and whatnot. And so I brought this up and because by that time I I'd, I'd realized that how I think how your brain processes information is going to have a lot to do with how 
you process story, how you get those words down on the page. And so when I brought this up, one of the attendees mentioned that they only thought in words, like they had this constant running inner monologue, like full discussions, full sentences, uh, like it, it, it just blew their mind to realize there were people who weren't like that. And then there was somebody else who in that same conversation was saying that for them, the inner monologue was one of the reasons they had such a hard time falling asleep because the, this conversation, the, these words running through their heads, it wouldn't stop. And me, it absolutely blew my mind to discover that people like them exist because with three exceptions, my brain is completely silent. Like I think in concepts, abstractions, ideas, images, emotions. So basically, if you're not someone like that, the best way I have to describe it is that inside my head, it's a lot like sitting out in a field at night and watching a massive distant lightning storm. So you get these just hugely bright flashes of light that that will just lighten up the entire landscape in this very rapid, random pattern. So you can't predict it. It's just this huge, just imagine the whole landscape's just lit up and then shut down, lit, 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 shut down. And it's all connected by time and space. And you're just too far away to really hear the thunder. But every once in a while, there'll be this rumble that'll come rolling through and you'll actually get sound to go with it. So that's generally what it's like inside my head anytime I'm alone and thinking. And this, this idea that there are words, that people have words, actual dialogue and sentences going on with them, it, 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 it's so, I, how, to me, how insane that would be, how noisy, how impossible to do anything because the noise would never stop. But I suppose for them, it's like, well, how do you figure anything out when you don't have someone to talk out to? I don't, I don't know, because I'm not that way. And so after I like, heard about this, I started thinking about it more, trying to really analyze, well, do I ever hear words inside my head? Do I, do, do I hear my own voice, so to speak? And then I realized, well, yeah, there are exceptions to this. And that's when I'm actually trying to translate or convert those flashes into words. For example, if I know I need to write an email or I know I'm going to be having a conversation with someone, it means that I have to take these light flashes that I instinctually understand and conceptualize, and I need to find a way to articulate them in, into something that it's like it's like a electricity electricity conversion. Like if you're coming from a country that uses you know 240 to a country that uses 120, there's this box you got to run everything through to to convert to the other one, and that's what I have. There's a process I, my brain has to go through for that. And so when I know it's coming, and I'm thinking about that, I do start hearing words, but it, it's just fragments. It's key like key phrases and. That, that kind of encapsulate the idea, but all the rest of the stuff, like the fluff and the thriller and the grammar, that never makes it into anything audible. And so 
And if I, and if I'm remembering something like a conversation that took place, the same process happens. Like I'm converting my emotions or my, the way that I, uh, birds, I viewed the whole thing into through this box, mental box, whatever, but I'm still getting like these snippets and fragments for it. And then what'll happen is because that's not natural for my brain, it almost like those phrases will go on an OCD loop. They just keep repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating inside my head until I can get them down or out on a piece of paper. Because if I, if it stops then they go away, they're not there anymore. There's no more words. It's just images and emotions and flashes or whatever. So those are the two situations where I do hear words. And then there's this really third one where I hear sound that's going to make me sound absolutely batshit, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. (laughs) It's, it's not even related to writing or those other two are related to writing. This is a little detour. Um, And that's, it's, it's, this third one is unpredictable. I can't, it, I could go years between it happening. Or it could happen a few times back to back. And it's where I hear music inside my head. Like sometimes it's choral or orchestral. Sometimes it's like actual pop music, like songs, something you'd hear on the radio. Sometimes there's vocals, sometimes there's not. And I'm always aware that it's not real in the way that like other people could hear it too type sense. Like I'm fully aware that it's inside my head. But the sound and and the multiple layers of music and voices and vocals and uh, harmonies and everything like that is just as richly textured, multi-layered as if I was actually hearing it with my ears. And so much so that it's actually woken me out of sleep a few times. And then there's times where um, I I know it's in my head, but I just got to get up and look around and see if it's coming from a source, like if it gets louder or softer, if I move in a certain direction, just to make sure I'm not actually hearing something that does really exist. So, and then once it stops, it's gone. Like I'll, I'll remember the melody for about as long as I could remember a dream. Like it just fades. And and the, the most hilarious part to that, of that to me completely is that I'm not a musical person. So like these, I don't know, you want to call them audio hallucinations or whatever, you know, uh, I've, it's always something I haven't heard before. So it's not like something that it currently exists. And as far as I know, I've never heard the same thing twice but because I'm not musical, like there is absolutely zero chance that I have the skill or ability to actually compose or create something like that intentionally on my own in real life. And I have no idea why this happens. I have no idea what it's connected to or why. And for those of you who are now suddenly concerned, I've never heard voices. <laughs> I've never heard anything else, nothing else that wasn't there. It's only music. And it's when I'm starting to really relax, like close to getting to fall asleep or am asleep or just in a kind of zoned out state. Okay. So that's a digression. Um, and so I want back to the subject of, all right, now do I get to interrupt and ask? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. All right. Because there are a few things that pop into my mind when, when you are, let's say upset at someone, someone has done you wrong so to speak. Do you ever in your mind have conversations setting them straight? Only if I'm actually planning to go have a discussion with them and I'm trying to frame the argument and think of the things that I want to say. But otherwise, there is never that sense of, you know, 
I'll tell you or imaginary so conversations. So you going back and, and, and redone a conversation to where it comes out better for you. Never. So, so for example, like, I should have said this. Why didn't I put it this way? If I'd said it this way, they would have understood, which of course they wouldn't have because it's an argument and no one listens when they're arguing. <laughs> that's very astute. Um, I, I so do. So no, that's not a thing for you? I, I have self-recrimination. Like, why didn't I do this? Like, but again, it'll come in flashes like snippets of sentences. Not like, not like my brain is saying, I should have done this. It's that I'm there. I can, I can see it. I can feel it. And this, this sort of emotion of self anger and this emotion of why not. And then maybe five words, and then those five words will just keep repeating, repeating, repeating in my head until I can sort out how I feel about it and push it away. Hmm. Interesting. So I am completely different. I am, I am in the other I am in the other camp. And as you said, I had no idea that there were people like you out there. <laughs> right? So like you, you have full, full sentences, grammar, filler words, yes. and the, and with the. You know how I have, I've said oftentimes in, when we've recorded that I will use reading as a way of resetting my brain. And it's because when I'm working, my mind is just churning like that in sentences, you know, what I'm doing, how I could do it better, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I need to get somebody else's, some other words in my mind to reset that Whoa. so that I could start over again. <clears throat> and okay. I never really thought of it like that, but that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put myself in a completely different space for, for 10 minutes so that I can start fresh. So for me, putting myself in a different space is more a sense of changing my emotional bandwidth. Band, yeah, change, switching to a different band, band uh, length or whatever. You know, like if you were switching radio stations mm -hmm. and, and you're finding a different wavelength or whatever, that's what so it is for me. you're going from the nasty talk show to uh, yeah, like like finding, yeah, jazz so, music and, or something? And it's, and it's to recalibrate my own... Uh, to find some emotional balance, to find some balance, to find a place where I can shift from one lightning storm into a different scene type thing uh, in, inside my head, right? Or wherever this thing is taking place. And I think it's really, really awesome. To, I'm like super geeked to find out you're the opposite of me because I think that's going to make what comes next that I'm about to go over even better. So I have one more like detail to throw into the mix of this. Um, and that is, and I only have my own brain to reference. And so I'm just hoping that as people listen to this, then they'll know, like they'll, they'll it's basically just sets a starting point for this conversation. Right. So as far as like hearing, hearing actual language inside words that make sense or have a full sentence or anything like that, when the final piece in trying to figure this out was okay so like even before all of this when i first heard about this thing going on like and i started thinking about it i, I was trying to catch myself you, you're not always aware at least i am not always aware when i'm thinking like for me the thought process is almost like daydreaming well and so i'm not always aware when i'm doing it so it took a few weeks of catching myself to try and figure out 
what, how exactly, exactly am I processing all of this? Which is how I discovered that there are times when I do hear words and that there are those, um, sentence, they're not sentences or full conversations. Um, and then came the final piece. And so in preparation for this discussion, I wanted to get some notes jotted down because, um, like I said earlier, if, if, if I don't, if I'm trying to articulate something and, and I just have those snippets running through my head, I, I have to put them somewhere so that they'll stop and I can like not get hung up on it. Cause it's, it's super annoying. Like it, if, if this thing is constantly running inside my head, it, it clogs my brain. I can't, I can't think of anything else. It's just like this, this screeching noise there it's there. And, and I can't think about anything else because it's clogging up that space. So I'm like, all right, let me get some, and I'll like, so for me, what, like say I have to go deliver a speech or something like that. I mean, it's going to be really hard for me to like verbatim to actually read off a speech or to, to memorize a speech because my brain does not think in words. It thinks in concepts. But if I give myself notes that just says, you know, lightning storm or something, then I can automatically convert that and, and everything will filter through that box. And I'll just on the fly, all my events are on the fly. I don't memorize stuff. I don't pre-plan it. And if I have to do something formal, I'll work off of notes because once I have that concept in my head, then I can just filter everything through that. All the ideas, the, the big picture stuff, just filter it through that box and turn it into words. So that's what I was intending to do as I sat down here. It's like, let me just sort of type some of this out. And as I'm typing out these notes, I realize that I literally only hear whatever is coming through my fingertips at that same second. So like I'm thinking, right? I'm, I'm filtering things through these ideas through that box. And on the outside of that box come the words. Type a word, I hear it. I stop typing, complete silence inside my head begin typing. It's like someone's literally reading out my thoughts as they're appearing on the screen. Stop typing. Silence. And it made me laugh. I was like, <laughs> it, it's like, it's like if, if a voice was shadowing me and, and sort of saying what I was doing and then I freeze and the voice stops and it's waiting for me to move again. So it knows how to describe to a listener what's going on. Right. And so all of that together, all those different things, it got me thinking about how the way we think and the way we process our inner lives probably has a lot to do with how we as writers tell stories. And so I would imagine, for example, that the struggle to get fully developed characters onto the page is going to be really different for someone who hears an audible monologue, inner monologue, than for someone who thinks in concepts. A completely different process of capturing the essence of a character because in one you're you have it's coming out in sentences words and in other and the other it's a feeling that you have a sense of it that you have to run through the conversion box so then there's things like description and i would guess a really huge one would be plot complexity so i'd expect that for people who think in words you would get um, maybe a lot more character-driven type stories because it's easier to stay close to that character and 
talk about what they're experiencing because it's words. And that people who perhaps think more in ideas and, um, and, and just bright flashing concepts, they might veer, veer more towards global, big, complex plots or epic stories because that's the way they think, but then they would have a harder time boring down into the exact detail of things. So you hear, or at least I've heard, writers say their characters talk to them or how sometimes it just feels like they're taking dictation and the story just comes. And I've always been like, that is so not fair. <laughs> I want that <laughs> magic. Like, I just, it, I, it could not even fathom how such a thing would be possible. I'm like, they got to be making it up. But in light of this conversation, it's like this light bulb of understanding goes off in my brain. I was like, okay, people who say their characters just talk to them and they're just kind of putting stuff down that they hear, they're, they think in words. That's, that inner monologue is already all them for them, there for them. So, of course. But I'd also imagine that if you're one of those people who has that inner dialogue magic going on, you're going to struggle with other aspects of storytelling like discombobulated voices and transmutation and maybe aimlessness or um, you end up with long blocks of character inner monologue. I mean, maybe not. I'm just spitballing here. I don't know because I'm only me. Right? I, I don't have anything else to compare it to. But I think that how we as as individuals think and process information is it's got to impact what our own individual story writing struggles are going to be. It's going to make us really good at what, at some things that others are going to find difficult. And it's going to make things easy for us that or vice versa, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. And, and then, like that's not the be all end all. Right. I mean. So much goes into the process of bringing imagination to life. So it'd be really silly to say, aha, I figured it out. This is what it's all about. You know, how you think is going to determine your writing style or anything like that. And I'm not doing that. But I just think that being aware of and understanding your own personal thinking style, that can help solve struggles. Because like, if you're aware that your brain operates in X way and thus produces Y outcome, then you can compensate for those parts of why that aren't really working for you or aren't working for the story. And it, it makes it easier to know what to look for. Oh, okay. If I'm thinking this way, then here's my blind spots. Right. Um, but if you're, if you're constant, if you're, you're constantly getting why outcome, but you have no idea where that, why it is the way it is. And it can make it really difficult to figure out even where to start looking, coming up for solutions and resolving those issues. And so like, it's already helped me. For, like, for example, for years, I've been explaining to anyone who'd listen to me that I am not a creative person, and that I'm a bean counter, that it's just, I'm not creative, I'm just really good after the story is written. And I've, I've told people, anybody who will listen, that trying to convert what's in my head onto the page is just absolutely excruciating. And when I tell people I'm not creative, they don't believe me. And now looking at this, I'm like, well, yeah, they don't believe me for a really good reason because I am hugely creative. It's not that I'm not creative. 
I've got this whole night sky inside my head, constantly flashing with ideas and connections and daydreams and imagination. It never stops. It's relentless. But there's this huge disconnect from what's going on inside and finding a way to articulate it in actual words. So the, the ideas, the concepts, there's like, they're like knowing. You know something. It's just there. It exists. You conceptualize it. But then trying to explain it or trying to explain how you know it or to walk something, somebody through the thing that you know, that requires first breaking it down logically into its separate parts and then articulating it into something that other people will understand, that conversion. So for me, it's that conversion process of, of these huge story scope, character scope, interplay things, finding a way to convert that into something logical. Is, it's, that's, the mental, that's where the mental torture is, finding the words. And I never understood that until now, that it's not the imagination or the creative process that's painful. It's the conversion process, taking that flash of light, pulling it apart into its multi layers of, you know, dialogue and emotion and action and all of that in a way that in the right order and all of that, that'll make sense to whoever's reading it. So being able to understand that, to understand what it is I'm struggling with has already helped me in being able to step back and go, okay. Well, I know that this is what's going on, so I don't need to feel like, oh, this sucks. I just need to go, okay, this is a, this is a conversion problem. Let's try and break down what, what, what part of this lightning flash am I having a hard time not being able to articulate? What am I not being able to shove into that conversion box? And it just it kind of changes the whole process. And, and I know that's just going to be me everybody's going to have their own way of doing it. But I just thought this is a discussion that might really help other people too. And so here we are. So do you think that, and I, I know you haven't, you probably haven't thought about this, but if you, if you look at the other side of the spectrum, the people who do have the words bouncing around in their brain all the time, um, what's the conversion process like for them? Well, I would think that's when you're missing all the texture. Like you have, it's not, it's not even so much of a conversion process. It would be like, um, okay, we'll, we'll use the same thing, right? When you have, a a, a, a piece of electronics that you've used in Europe, for example, and you want to use it in the United States, it's not just a matter of, uh, changing the plug. You've actually got to get what's called a step up converter where it's a, um, it's, it's a box, basically, and it boosts, it, it steps the electricity up from 120 to 240 so that those machines have enough power to run. And basically, if you've got only the words going on, you've got to run it through a step-up converter so that now it's actually pu outputting more than what just was going into it. You had words, now you've got to come up with pictures, you've got to come up with scenes, you've got to come up with with how the body moves through spaces, if you're not used to thinking in pictures, well, you've got that, that has to be generated through the conversion box, right? It, what In my case, it's much has to be filtered down and split into uh, smaller streams. And in the opposite case, it's one solid stream has to be jumped up and split into more. 
I'm not doing a really good job articulating this right now. <laughs> I can understand it and see it in my head and I'm fighting for the words, but I think you kind of get the idea of where I'm coming from with that. Well, I mean, when you said it, it's adding texture, and I know in my case, that's very often what's missing is that texture. And, you know, I wonder, I, I don't, I mean, this is just pure spitballing speculation, and it's, it's, makes you feel good to think there might be a reason why that texture is oftentimes not there. But if, if, you, if you begin, or if you can believe that in the idea that because of the way you process thoughts, that you need to, as you said, step up, convert to add that texture, then that could become just a part of your process as you're writing as opposed to going in later and because even when you read it, you think it's fine. You think that's everything is there. Everyone can understand this until someone else reads it who thinks differently maybe or who, who doesn't have the understanding that you do about what should be there. And, of course, it's not there, so they can't possibly know that. Uh, it, just, it, it really is an interesting, an interesting discussion. I need to think about it some more. And then I think also it, it's helpful to realize that <clears throat> I think – Let's just use you and me as an example, okay? So you'll send me something, you'll think it's great, and then I'll like pull it apart and add more to it and put it back together and send it back. And it can leave you feeling like, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? And it makes you think something negative about yourself, like the fault is yours. Well, but what it, it really makes me think is it's, I don't know, it's, like so many things, whether it's a golf swing or riding a bike, you know, when you're first riding a bike and, you know, I'm, I'm old enough that I can barely remember first starting to ride a bike. But when you first get it, it's like, oh, now I get it. And, and so it's like you'll, you'll mention these things or you'll add these things. And I'm like, I don't get it. I feel like I'm just wobbling back and forth on the street on the bike and I'm not getting it. So it's not like I feel like, I'm less than because I'm not getting it. It's just like I'm not getting it yet, which is that's frustrating. Yes. And so at least if you understand why, if you understand it's not that you're there's not something wrong with you for not getting it. It's that it has to do with the way your brain processes information. And so it's it's also possible that in my particular case, I might be on the extreme end of this whole conversion box thing. So what seems to me as necessary to create an equivalent would not be for 90% of people because they're not on that extreme end of the spectrum. So for them, they're getting it. They've already got it. And they're like, why are you making him make all these changes? I totally see where he was coming from with this, right? So there's also that aspect of it too, where um, just because... I see something that's missing doesn't mean that everybody else thinks it's missing too, because we each have our own, we're all, we have our own filters, I guess, like how we, everything is coming to us through our either step up converters or conversion box or whatever, but we all have different ones and they work differently to an extent. In this article that I read, they did a poll and only 360 people answered it, I think. Um, and the poll was, do you have an inner monologue? And some, so the answers were like, yes, I think in full, complete sentences. Then there was, no, I only think in abstractions. And then there was both. And then there was, I have no idea. 
And I, <laughs> I would. That was a lot. I have no idea. It was like 11%. Uh-huh. I would put myself in the no, I only think in abstractions because even when I do have words, they're not, they're, they're not full sentences. They're, they're abstract. They're, they're snippets, right. That are cut out. And it's not like I'm thinking it's just, it's there and repeating itself like a record player that won't stop. So, but the number of people who put, yes, I think in complete sentences, 57%. Hmm. And, and I, you, you talk about this in thinking in complete sentences and grammar and things like that. And I, I, I'm certain that I'm not unique in the 57%. I actually correct my grammar. Oh my God. In my head. Holy crap. I just, how do you find any mental peace? <laughs> I read a lot. <laughs> One of the things I do when I, I'm trying to get more exercise, I have a, a little trampoline, a rebounder. Like exercise for me is so freaking boring. Um, and so I'll jump on that rebounder and watch TV at the same time. Like that's the only way I'll sit and watch TV because TV is also boring for me. <laughs> and um, and, and I, I'm always on the lookout for something that will make me lose track of time. Because if, if, if I'm conscious of time as I'm on the rebounder, then uh, I'm not going to stick around. I'm bored, right? So I, I stumbled across the show True Blood, which is it's older now. Um, and I, I, I've heard about it for forever. People are like, oh, my God, it's so good. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Another vampire show? Oh, God, no. But desperate times call for desperate measures, and I started watching it, and holy crap, that thing is good. And it's good from a storytelling perspective. Like, I've spent so much time uh, trying to analyze why it works and why it doesn't work and how it resolves a lot of my biggest issues with watching that type of show. And um, and it's probably the best I've ever seen. And granted, I have not watched a lot of television or movies but it's best I've ever experienced to this point of the way a show ends that makes you go, what? And you have to go right into the next one. There's no, there's no, they're, they're brilliant at it. But the whole point why I brought this up is the character, the main character has the ability to, she tell past, she reads people's thoughts. And the way this is shown in the show is actual people's thoughts, like as if they were having a conversation and I was like, roll eyes. That is not how thought processes work. But of course, what else are they going to do? They've got to find a way to, you know, show it. Well, lo and behold, <laughs> apparently that is how <laughs> thought processes work. Just not mine. <laughs> so yes, that was connected in a little bit of a daisy path. But, you know, that it's, it's hugely surprising to me that people actually can have this running text, like a, a mark. Uh, what do they call the crayons? What have you pronounced it? Those things that run underneath the chirons that run underneath like TV, the news where it's running the news constantly beneath like oh, the I, text that runs. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I don't. I didn't know. I have no idea how to pronounce it. I, I so forgive me, everybody. I'm really good at mispronouncing things. I don't even know if I was in the ballpark. But that's what it must be like when you have words and sentences and stuff. It's just this thing is constantly running beneath whatever else is going on around you. And I, I absolutely don't experience that. 
All right, and let's circle all the way back to the beginning, which before we got to the actual discussion, we were talking about, or I was talking about the idea that we're recording this in three different ways. This will be fascinating because I have been able to hear lots of internet glitchiness that I'm sure you guys as listeners have heard in our shows in the past, and it will be interesting to me when we put the file that I recorded and the file that Taylor recorded together to see if we eliminated all of that internet glitchiness. If we did, that would be really cool. Yes, it would be. And I guess that's it for this topic. It was really interesting. I'm glad you brought this up. I could keep going on this for, for forever, but we got to end the show. So <laughs> thank you for being with us, guys. Uh, I have no idea what's in store for next week. I'm just I do just in the Oh, you do. OK, great. Well, I'm just going to stop right there. See you guys next week. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.